Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 12. Chris, hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for your flexibility. Uh, I sent you a text yesterday asking if we could uh, switch the day that we were recording, bump it a day later, because my cousins were in town, and I got to go to the zoo with children, and that is so much fun. Oh my gosh, there was this moment in particular. Uh, I have a My cousin's son is named George. He's three years old, and I feel like I just jive with him so much, and I think uh, th this great example of <laughs> perhaps underlying the, the reason why I feel like I jive with him. We were looking at this giraffe exhibit. It's this six acre exhibit. There's a dozen giraffes. There's gazelles. There's guinea hens. Uh, there's this animal, I, I, like some sort of a quadruped animal. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering the name. <laughs> uh, all, all across. And oh, they're, they're doing stuff and interacting. And one of them has its tongue hanging out. And George is looking over across all this, and I asked him, what do you see? Trying to understand, like, let's talk about something. Let's engage in, okay, we're going to talk about the giraffes or the animals or something. And he looks, he looks around, and he looks pensively across, and he says, the electricity goes in the light. And he points over across. And at the far side of the exhibit, there was a single light post <laughs> with a light going down. And it was off. And there, there, it was the only man-made object in the entire exhibit other than, like, fences. But, like, that's the thing that he noticed, the, the electronics thing of the, this is a, a system of a machine that he can understand. And, like, yeah, dude, I get it. That's, <laughs> that's also the sort of thing that I notice in that sort of situation. Uh, my, and you know, that, that's honed for me into, like, electronics and programs and things. But, oh, man, it was, just, it was so much fun connecting with him in particular, of noticing how he's seeing the world and watching him learn things and watching him uh repeat his understanding of things we had so many conversations that were like 20 minutes long of he'd be asking all about uh like a pool pump and uh oh he's obsessed with pumps uh and he'd be pointing at the thing and he'd say like the water goes in the pump and i was like yes the water goes in the pump and then it goes into the filter and that makes the water clean and then he'd repeat back like the water goes in the pump and then it goes to the filter and i was like yes and then from the filter it makes the water clean and we'd, we'd go like that for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. and then he would go to someone else and be like the water goes in the pump and then it goes to the filter and that makes the water clean and they'd be like yes that's right that's that's exactly the system uh but oh man i i felt like i, I learned so much about myself and human psychology and how people learn and uh it, it was delightful uh that's what i'm up to yeah yeah, seeing the world again through kids' eyes is really, really fun. I have just recently my four year old, we were she was talking about money and we were like, Yeah, you can you can like things other than money too. What are you know, what are things that aren't money that you can like? And she said, Tree houses and we're like, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whatever they come up with, right? Yes, tree houses. How is that having kids, I it, it feels sort of cliche to be like, Oh, you, you experience the world through your child's eyes. Uh is that how is that something you, you feel like you've experienced of, you know, I imagine Christmas is so much more fun with yeah. children. And uh, is that is that something that you get on a daily basis or is it different as a parent? Like I'm I'm experiencing this fresh of, you know, I've gotten all, all my work done and uh, I feel like I've fully taken care of myself and uh, all of my money I spend on myself. And right. uh, I could see how like being in the position of that you're a parent and you are the person responsible for making sure that this young human doesn't kill themselves would start to make it more grindy. Yeah. Uh, is that is that a does the magic wear off or is that something you'd, you'd continue to experience yeah parenting is weird i would say it's it's at both times like really grindy just like you said and really just like there's just moments of just like why why <laughs> you know um <laughs> but there that's you know punctuated with these really delightful kind of really you know uh, proud moments or like happy moments that just make you know it worth it and so 
Um, and you know, different children and different parent combinations get more of the happy or more of the, the grindy, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's something unique. It's a little like growing a business. We'll tie this back into business a little bit. It's uh, you know, you create something, right. And you teach it all the things that you know, and you like prepare it and then you sort of send it off into situations and you see how it reacts and it come, you know, you come back and you iterate again. Um, mm. and that's a little bit how it feels, especially so my older one is in school. And so it's like, you know, we can teach him some things and then he goes off and he, you know, interacts with children, interacts with parents. Um, that's kind of like customers, I guess. Or, and, uh, or yeah, teachers, I mean, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, he, you know, he comes back and, and then we, teach him something new and he goes goes off again so it, it, it's similar to business actually it's a lot of grindy kind of terrible moments but it's it's punctuated by these really great moments i love the the framing of that people your child is interacting with are sort of like <laughs> customers i, I had to tie it into business somehow <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense yeah that you're you're sort of developing this startup to uh serve the customers the other people in society uh and it's it makes money and takes a lot of upfront investment of time and money. And then eventually you can make something that's like self-supporting. And then, uh, depending on the culture you're in, like maybe that supports you then, uh, after, yeah, I, I like that. There's, <laughs> there's something there. Uh, that's fun. Uh, what sort of work did you get up to this last week? I think we've, um, been through a few weeks in a row of, uh, I've been just very divergent jumping all over the place. And this last week was no exception for me. Uh, and it, it seems like you've been more pensive of, thinking about the more of like the the vision and the the strategy overall for the stuff you're working on what what thoughts and work did you get up to this last week yeah i've been jumping around too a lot um part of it is like we talked about last week uh, so we're recording this the day before the inauguration so we don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow but uh, yep. we'll see how that goes um that has got me it's, it's really frustrating because like we said before i can't do anything about it so i really should just ignore it till it's over you know yep. probably but i i can't and so my brain has been you know sort of fried because of that uh so instead i just leaned into that and i just did whatever i felt like uh which this week was um so stripe makes it super easy to collect payments online but it's still actually really hard so it's super easy compared to how it was but there's still like a million edge cases so i really wanted to dive more into the stripe api to figure out um just just how the whole thing works so uh, they have this new checkout uh product which is like managed billing for you like so you don't have to like um, have the update card and cancel account like features anymore you could just have one button for your customers that says manage billing and they get a stripe dashboard where they can do all that um and that is really nice so with like just a couple api calls and then a button for managed billing i now have i built that into my like SaaS template that i've been using for all these new SaaSes, and so now my SaaS template like i can set a couple prices and a couple products and you know charge money basically for access to whatever I want, um, which is really neat. So it it started off as just kind of a way to explore Stripe, and now I have something that I can you know use on all these new little products that I'm creating. I love that. That's when I first saw that announced, uh, blew my mind because now there's this plug and play interface of all of these features that oh man, it, it got me so anxious at first. And I think there's there's still things that that system does that File Inbox can't handle of edge cases of like different like switching back and forth between accounts i guess i do that uh th there are edge cases that i haven't thought of that i'm sure they handle elegantly uh and the idea that you can just send someone from your SaaS to this third-party page that the only thing you have to take care of is like here's the button that will send them off and then 
here is how Stripe will tell me if something has changed, and here are the only ways in which it can tell me something has changed. Uh, and then I handle, okay, if they're on this plan, then they then they get these features. What a beautiful product. What a I feel like Stripe just so intimately knows who its customer base is. That's that's yes, that's that's exactly what I want. That's exactly the sort of thing I need. Uh, that's currently outstanding work for me to do. Uh, I would love to have Stripe handling that instead of the the sort of broken janky code uh, <laughs> that I have in place right now. And then, you know, if that's part of your template, it's great. You know, it, handle that this is how you send people out and handle that this is how Stripe tells you that change, changes have happened. And now any side project you have, you can just plug payments into it. Uh, oh, that, that's getting me excited now. I think I might <laughs> I think I might also do that this week. Uh, did you look into the, the pricing changes of that plan? I think when I read through the page, uh, I, I was a little spooked by that they're... That that product is not free. That they they charge you a little more off of what they would normally be charging. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't even realize it was different. Except now that now that you say that, I remember a post about it. So there's a Hacker News post about it, and then Patrick Collison from Stripe actually jumped into Hacker News and said, basically, the headline is not right. So maybe go read that post again. I, like the pricing changed, hmm. but it's actually not different from what it was before or something. I I don't know the details, okay. but go read what he wrote on Hacker News, and maybe that'll clear things okay. up. I'll check that out. Even if it costs a significant amount of money, oh, yeah. I think I could justify doing that just to know that I've solved the problem of billing. And, you know, th- there's other projects. I'm thinking like uh, Andrew Culver's, oh, he's, he's sold it since then, but Churnbuster, uh, this this product that does dunning emails on yeah. top of it. Everyone being on this Stripe platform now means there's there's more opportunity to do things like that. If if you just want to bring in like, okay, it would be great if I could send automated emails when people are about to expire and uh, uh, handle that. You can build a product that can just slot into the Stripe billing when everyone's on this standardized platform. I I, I love the idea of that. Uh, it, it Oh, it, it makes me so happy. Yeah. The other thing um, this handles, which you probably, you probably don't if you haven't touched your payment code for a while, is in Europe yeah. now, either now or soon, they're requiring the secure visa transfer yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This ha- just handles it for you. Like, you don't have to do anything. It just does it. Wonderful. So That's great. I imagine also, like, Bitcoin payments. I think that's a thing Stripe handles. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That'd be great if that was just, like, a switch that I'd right. flick of a, a Boolean flag of, yes, uh, allow Bitcoin payments to pay me in if they have the platform for payments, then I imagine they could just handle that uh, on their end. Um, this is sort of a tangent, but do you know if there's a platform that will handle checks, that that a mailed check well, could get handled transparently and I wouldn't have to know that it was even a check? No. Um, so Stripe, okay. you can do invoices and then you can handle it yourself. But uh, and right. I know, like, so a lot of people in Europe don't like, they like invoices and POs. They don't like credit cards. So mm-hmm. that... Um, there's probably a service, but I don't know of it now. Okay, neat. Uh, so this is this is done. How difficult was it to build this into your template for building apps? Yeah, I how, mean, so how it, hard is this going to be for me? It took like the week basically, but I could have done it probably in a day if I was on top of things. <laughs> <laughs> I the other thing I did was so the original make.dev domain name, which we have now turned into makers.dev, but the original thing was yes. basically a newsletter for indie makers about like how to grow your business the the problem though i had a few problems like i didn't i wasn't focused it was like on SaaS and newsletters and podcasts and screencasts and mm. um and it was on indie makers which you know historically don't have much money to pay for things so during this process too i was like how hard would it be and do i want to turn it into something 
more for like say b2b SaaS customers right so basically mm-hmm. in creating make dev i like i came up with like like 100 tips for SaaS founders and they're all like quotes from sources and then like an action that you do and mm-hmm. the idea is like you get one of these every day and it's like a five minute action like that it's things you know how to do already it's like call a customer <laughs> you know it's stuff like that but it you know just the drip of it every day is what is you know valuable anyway so mm-hmm. now i have this template I went back to my all my tips and I said I could probably turn this into some kind of B2B SaaS paid newsletter, like super easy. Um, mm. Anyway, so I did that also in the second half of uh, the week. But Nice. That's so cool. How amazing that you've built this tool now that you can just go back to your other projects and slot it right in. I love that. Uh, and there's a there's a number of things that... You, you, okay, you've, you've reprioritized this work for <laughs> me in my head because there's, there's like half a dozen things that I'm thinking of of it would be really nice if I could just go back and slot in, you know, here are features you've been asking for. And if you pay me, you, you get them. And I've been, I've been very conscious of every new thing that I've built in like the last two years is built on sort of the same platform. So if I can just figure out, okay, how does this integrate with Firebase? And I think there's even, there's a, there's example code that I saw on the Firebase website of how to integrate Stripe. Is it Stripe checkout, Stripe payments? What what are they called? Yeah. Stripe checkout is the new thing, the managed. Stripe checkout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think with the platform I'm using, there's already a, a standard de facto way of doing that and making sure that the user can't, if they know about Firebase, go in and change what plan they're on right. and, and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And that would just be a little bit of work that would then, that's my standard way of charging people. And then I can, uh, oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've got me excited. That's what I'm going to do. Cool. I like it. Glad to veer you off on a tangent. That, that's, <laughs> that's hopefully helpful. You know, it's not hard. It's uh, yeah. hold up something shiny, and I'm, I forget all of my previous responsibilities. Uh, one of which, astute listeners of this podcast may have noticed, is uh, editing this podcast, which was several days late last week, because <laughs> after our conversation about how audio quality didn't matter, yep, and <laughs> it's not important at all, and how ridiculous it was that you had bought this Shure SM7B expensive microphone and this audio interface, and how worse is actually better. I went into, okay, I'd like to solve this problem of automatically leveling out this audio, uh, which seems pretty straightforward. uh, Audio is just like vibrations, and you just look at the peak, and that's going to be the volume, and you level it out. It's fine. uh, No big deal. Audio volume is actually really complicated. There's this whole separate standard of like perceived audio volume that I don't fully understand that like it's not just the peaks of the waves. It's like how crunched together they are and loudness is sort of the subjective measurement and it's it's a difficult mapping that's not straightforward to figure out, okay, this is the raw audio form and then this is how loud it's going to be perceived. And then once I started digging in that, I started and, and my ears were tuned to, okay, I'm, I'm in this mental mode of trying to improve the audio quality. The audio just sounded terrible to me. <laughs> and I'm hearing like all this hissing in the background and this clipping and like the the uh th- there's something that was happening when the the audio was getting too loud where it sounds crunched sort of in the same way that uh like a phone conversation is crunched not not that pronounced though. And so that led me down this rabbit hole where uh ended up in on Thursday of this week, you know what's arriving in my mailbox. <laughs> It's a Shure SM7B microphone, uh, and the audio interface, the, I got the Scarlett 2i2 audio interface uh, that's sitting on my desk. I can't use it yet because I don't have the right adapter to go from the quarter inch to the eighth inch uh, uh, audio jack, uh, and I got the audio lifter, and it's a whole thing, and I, yep. 
I, I'm impressed with myself that like I flipped 180 on <laughs> on my on my position on this issue. Uh, and it's fine. And I, of all the things I can spend money on, like this is a thing that's going to get used. I don't know that anyone will notice the audio quality other than me, but it'll be nice for me, and uh, I want it. And it's so much fun to play with. Even just looking at this audio interface on my desk, like, oh, there's so many buttons and knobs, and <laughs> I love it. Uh, more more wires. It's me, you know, looking across the six-acre uh, animal exhibit of the giraffes and seeing the light at the at the other end. The, right. It's so much fun. I, I just, like, hadn't thought about audio before, and then thinking about it for a second got me down this path of trying to make it as good as possible uh so that's you you got me uh and so did my friend who's the audio engineer who uh was critiquing my my audio level so uh, hopefully going forward in the future like my audio quality is going to be pristine and i'm very excited uh small aside how cool is it that we both have the microphone used by the best American podcaster in the world. Joe Rogan uses the Shure SM7B. And we have that microphone now. Uh, that's amazing. How like the ceiling is not that high on getting the best gear. It's outrageously expensive for a microphone right. when you can get a microphone for like $50 that's fine. Uh and you know we're altogether all I think I spent like 800 on the the Amazon order to go from where I was to be able to to have the best microphone. But like that's the best and now i have the best microphone and that wasn't that hard uh i think that's really cool and i'm excited to use it yeah that's warren buffett has this thing so he owns i don't know how much of coca-cola but a lot and um he he says all you know like he drinks the same coca-cola that people all over the world do you know it's like it's kind yeah. of a democratization of quality you know um yeah it's really interesting now if you go to cameras then you get to three hundred thousand dollar cameras or something but <laughs> microphones <laughs> top out around yes <laughs> yeah <a few. laughs> right even for cameras, I was surprised going through Ali Abdel's part-time YouTuber Academy. The the his camera, excuse me, his camera recommendations topped out at I think like three thousand dollars with the the camera and the lens. Probably the Sony, and that was for a fancy full-frame Sony. Sony A seven three, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one he uses, uh, and this beautiful lens with this f-stop that's just super small, so your background is just in full bokeh. It looks beautiful, uh, and I'm not quite there yet, and. Uh, I'm sure it's going to happen. <laughs> and and w when I get to that point, I think I'll have a very similar uh, justification of like, this is the best camera that the best YouTubers use. And I have it now. And uh, uh, I don't have kids yet. And so what am I going to spend money on? Uh, and this is a way that I can spend money to have an advantage in this video production space. Uh, yeah. So, and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's coca-cola it's the same it's the same thing that ali abdal and joe rogan are using yeah uh, it feels cool i was gonna say so you pro listeners have probably figured out that i spend money on gear which is something i do but so i have the <laughs> sony a7 III also um no or, yeah so oh we're recording gosh, on a canon so cool. m50 and i did on the sony a7 III for a while i bought it mostly for still so i got into photography before i got into like uh, this stuff so i've been in cameras for a little while and i got that it's a full frame camera it it is amazing. The quality is awesome. Uh, I got a nice lens for it, um, but it's really heavy. Um, this is another one of those worse is better things. And so the other, the next thing, the next camera I bought was, it's called a Ricoh GR3, and it's a little camera. It fits in your pocket. It's a, it's AS, uh, AS, APS-C sized, um, but it's tiny. 
And uh, so technically everything about it, you know, it doesn't have a zoom lens. It doesn't have very good bokeh or whatever, but I use that all the time for, you know, going out with my kids and stuff. Um, so yeah, that's another like worse is better kind of uh, comparison, like this really nice full frame Sony camera. Watch out. Cause it, like I was finding, I wasn't reaching <laughs> for it as much because it's so big and bulky. Um, yeah. It's like the adage, the best camera is the one you have one with you. you. Have with I will you. link to all these cameras in the video description for people who are just as triggered as me at the phrase worse is better to go and spend a whole bunch of money. <laughs> it, the other thing I was going to say is, so you have the Canon M50 also, which is a great camera. Yeah. Um, if you're going to spend money first, get a new lens for that one before you get the Sony yep. a7 III. So in the M50 series, I was disappointed at the selection of like the the kit lens is the best lens that I've found for this to get that bokeh. There was a prime hmm. lens I found with an f I think one point four, but then to to have that be any sort of reasonable frame, it has to be like ten feet back. Um, and I don't I don't know if that's what what lens are you using for your M fifty? I'm using the kit lens on the M fifty, and it's great for screencasting okay. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think the the M fifty I think is a newer series and doesn't quite have the the lens selection that the mirror so, dslrs too so you, you can because you're using it in manual focus you can yes probably almost certainly adapt old glass um okay and so yeah you can probably get some really cheap old glass and an adapter and uh do it that way okay cool that's i could explore that more that might be a that might be a cheaper way to get into it uh and if i'm eventually going to go for this <laughs> sony <laughs> full frame camera uh I don't know. When, when I get to the point where I'm noticing video quality more. And, I'll, uh, I'll show you it afterwards. I'll walk you through the pros and cons. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> that gear. Uh, that was that was the, the biggest thing I worked on last week, was just falling in this rabbit hole and uh, setting up for this new thing. And uh, I, I can <clears throat> I can justify it in a few ways. Of I'm, I'm moving much more into podcasting and doing interviews and things, so I think I'll, I'll get use out of it. Uh, this is not aspirational purchases for things I think I is a thing that I struggle with of like you know it's much easier to buy a guitar than it is to sit down and practice guitar for an hour a day uh and I feel like I've been putting the reps in I, I published something like something like 15 videos in December I think uh and it's looking like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat that in January and so you know I'm gonna I'm gonna use this thing at least 20 times in uh the, this next month uh, it feels justifiable it feels like I, it's a thing that is okay to be spending money on in the same sort of category as like i uh bought this laptop oh I, there was one more point i wanted to make on you bringing up warren buffett with his coca-cola there was a uh microconf that happened i think two years ago that patrick collison was at the co-founder of stripe uh patrick collison is probably the richest person i've ever met and when i met him he's in jeans and a t-shirt and we, we looked like visually very similar and he had in his hand a 12-inch MacBook, which at the time was like this cool MacBook. Uh, it was probably three years ago then. And that was the same laptop that I had in my backpack. And I remember thinking like, of course, there's no, he doesn't get to go to fancy rich person Apple store. <laughs> He's, he has access to the same laptops I do. And his, you know, his, his storage is probably maxed out. But I think at the time, the 12-inch MacBooks, uh, you couldn't get more than whatever, 16 uh, gigabytes of RAM in it. So like, he has the same amount of RAM and he's using the same processor and like, I have the same laptop that he does. I remember talking with him about that. Of uh, He was saying, and I, I asked him explicitly the question, like, what's it like having so much money? Like, how has your life changed? And his answer was something along the lines of, uh, it didn't matter after about $80,000 a year that he was able to do some fun, crazy stuff. Like he flew his plane there 
<laughs> but that that's like functionally that that's just fun. That's just you you're enjoying the gear of it. Uh, but in terms of quality of life and, and experience, he said he didn't really notice any sort of substantial life improvement um, after he had eighty thousand dollars a year that he was able to play with. Um, and I like that. That's that's a that's an idea that I would like to continually pull myself back to. It's very easy to get caught up in this mindset of, oh man, my life is going to be so much better on Thursday when I have this Shure SM7B, <laughs> and then it'll be even better than that after I have this Sony mirror, uh, uh, full-frame camera. And like, no, it won't. My audio quality is going to be a little bit better, and it's going to be a little bit nicer to listen to, but that's not going to substantially change anything. I'm going to be publishing the same podcast episodes. It's, it's so much more of a life improvement if I'm doing the work and maximizing for like, what, what are the things that I need to be able to do the work that I want and what are the things I need to be doing to be spending my time in the way that I want to be spending it? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, living, living life as a, <laughs> as a billionaire effectively the same way. Are, are, are there, are there substantial ways that you feel like you would be living differently if you had an outrageously more amount of money? Yeah. So no, uh, I, I feel a similar way. Like, yeah, after you get a certain to a certain amount, which is different, you know, based on where you live probably, but it, it, it doesn't matter as much, um, for sure. And you feel this really strongly when you're freelancing or consulting. So when I was consulting, I could always have worked one more hour and, you know, and got more money and you feel, and it's different than when you have a job, right? Because at a job, you make a salary and no matter if you work 40 hours a week or 80, right? With freelancing, like I could have doubled my income by working more or by charging more. And, you know, mm. I did, um, like do some of those things, but at some point, like, it just doesn't matter. You, you know, and, and so, no, yeah, I, I realized that that's one of the reasons I scaled down and now I'm off consulting completely, even though I'm making way less money, I am happier with the flexibility I have. Now I can't get like, so the Sony a seven three, I bought after a particularly good month of consulting. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I can't do that anymore. But, um, but like I said, the Sony a seven three wasn't all, you know, it was cut out to be like, it produces great photos. But I'm just mm. as happy with a camera that costs, you know, a sixth of the price. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and uh, I think I think the way that you're choosing to live your life is evidence of your philosophy of like you you have open to you the option to make potentially an unlimited m- amount of money doing freelancing, and you prefer this more flexible lifestyle of being able to work on what you want, uh, making less guaranteed money. Uh, the the and it's a slightly more risky position, but, uh, and the upside is potentially much bigger. Owning your own company is one of the most lucrative things you, you can do. If you're, if, if there are games that you can choose to, to try to make as much money as possible, that's one of the games where you can make an unlimited amount of money. Uh, and the, the immediate benefit of you in living this lifestyle is you have full control of your time. You get to spend money, you know, spend your time doing what you want, like playing with the, the stripe, uh, checkout and it just so happens that the thing that you enjoy spending your time on is like very lucrative you, you have a, a, a incredibly powerful uh, skill set of being able to the thing that you do for fun when you're working for fun is to like make web apps that you can charge people money uh, with uh, I love it it's it's I love this mode of living yeah and basically anyone listening to this like if you have found this and are listening to it you have the same superpower you know just so which is awesome yeah, if you're the type of person who, when looking out over a giraffe exhibit, <laughs> narrows in on like, who there's, there's an electrical component on the other side of this, uh, that's the that's the thing that I feel like got me here. Uh, just continually pursuing like, all right, technical stuff is very interesting, and uh, that 
I, I feel the most alive and in flow when I'm working on these types of things. And so let me, let me push that to the extreme and just try to see how far I can go with this and try to try to maximize the amount of time I'm spending in it and uh, try to maximize the parts I enjoy and minimize the parts that I don't. And uh, it's working out pretty well. I, I have complaints, but it's, it's, on the whole, it's great. I love it. Um, speaking of which, the uh, other thing that I did this week, other than fiddling with the audio levels and then having a splurge purchase of $800 for a <laughs> microphone. Ah! I never thought I would be this person, but I am. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, I have this project that I started probably four years ago when I was getting into the, the Twilio API. The obvious thing for me to do with the Twilio API is to make a phone that y you have texting and you have MMS and you have phone calls and you have the ability to send and receive faxes, although I think that's going away. Okay, well, cool. You, you can make your own Google Voice and then do weird things in that of uh, maybe programming things that you that Google Voice doesn't want you to do, like sending out mass texts or um, recording calls very easily or, uh, or like automatically recording calls or uh, having some automation of like maybe you want your call to go to multiple people. Uh, sort of like a, a, a nice user interface over the Twilio API. Uh, so it's a thing I've been sort of noodling on and had in different stages of being done. And uh, I have gotten much more interested recently in genealogy and talking with relatives of like, talk to me about family history. And some of those relatives aren't able to video chat. And so I was thinking, okay, what would, what would a podcast sort of thing look like if I was just doing it over the phone? Well, I would want to be able to call them and I'd want to be able to record the calls and take notes on the calls. So I took this code base that I've been neglecting and just did a couple adaptations to it. And I was amazed at how quickly I could do this. If, to, to add a button that was then on a contact that I could push the button and then it would connect my phone with theirs and record the call on separate channels. It took like, it was like five hours. It was amazing. The, the Twilio API, similar to the Stripe API, is just incredibly powerful. Uh, it, it was so cool. Um, and so now I have this app that I'm just using for me right now, uh, codename Broccoli, because <laughs> I have the, the domain name broccoli.app. I don't know if that fits. Uh, just like, a good domain name. like Camboy. I don't know that it is a very good domain name. I don't, I don't know what to use it right. for. It's a domain name looking for a thing. Uh, so this broccoli code name broccoli uh, product is a programmable phone, and it does all the basics of what a phone would do. It's it, it does. I, I have feature parity with Google Voice right now. Of like, I can send and receive text on awesome. MMS. Um, I can take notes on calls uh, and contacts. I can make and receive calls uh, and have that route to to my personal number and this is the classic mistake right of like i've built a thing without an audience uh the, the audience is me this was it was things that i wanted to be able to do i don't know that the market of people who like want to call their grandparents and have the calls recorded is very big what comes to mind what would you do with this <laughs> my my default is probably just going to be like i'm going to have this thing and use it for my thing and then ignore it for another two years until some situation arises where I'm talking to a businessman who's like, oh, if only I had a way to text people easier and uh, have my business phone be a phone number that you could text, uh, then maybe I'd, I'd strap it into into something else. But uh, what would you do with this? Is, it, is this a valuable thing? Is this a Should I just keep ignoring it and using it for myself? Yeah, so this is the very classic. You built a, you have a solution and or technology and you want to find a problem to slot it into, right? <laughs> um, yep. So let's play that game for a bit. Um, you... There are many times when you want to very quickly call someone and record it, 
um, I think mm-hmm. that are valuable. The the most common one that comes to mind would be like sales calls or like customer calls. So like, um, mm-hmm. so, so the other thing is if this is going to be a small thing and you want to make money from it, but you don't want to market it very hard, then I would look into, this is like a perfect place for uh, third-party app stores. So marketplaces. Um, so like, look at all the CRMs that exist and can you plug into them and, you know, so put a single button and you click that to call this customer and record the call and then save it, you know, on the CRM record or whatever. Mm. Um, that was the first thing that came to mind. Uh, and then if you get into marketplace, then you don't have to market it as hard because you'll get just people coming in the door. Um, okay. yeah. But the other thing is that it, this is a technology looking for a solution. So just be cautious of that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. Um, that's a really good idea. I'm thinking like Salesforce, if I could, if I could add a button to Salesforce and I think they keep track of numbers anyway, if I can just add a button next to each phone number that took you to a page where you can send and receive texts and make a call and have that call recorded. And then maybe I pull those texts. Maybe I can pull the texting interface into Salesforce. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like that a lot. If, if, if the plugin is just, I can add a built-in phone with texting and phone calls to your CRM, that any any place where you see a phone number, that becomes a phone number you can actually interact with. Uh, and then I integrate with the CRM of like, I'm keeping track of multiple users and, and all that things. Okay, yeah, that's a cool idea. Um, that's the second reason too, for me to be looking into Salesforce integrations, uh, which you said were, were gross, but. <laughs> it, so, okay, so to be fair, Salesforce had an yeah. old way of doing integrations and that is what I used and it was terrible. Apparently they have a new way of doing integrations, which is much nicer. So oh, look at the okay. look at the new way, whatever that is. Great, I'll check that out. Uh, and that's that can be more justified to thinking about it of like, I'd like to do a file inbox integration and it would be fun to do this uh, phone integration. Yeah. And then looking at this as a cupcake, the uh, the phone thing seems much more like a cupcake. Uh, cool, neat. Is there a CRM? What what experience do you have with CRMs? I think Salesforce is the one that I'm familiar with, but there's a bunch of smaller ones. Monica is that one? Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, I, okay. So I have I have some experience with Salesforce because clients have used it. Um, there exists other ones. So Close is the biggest one, but they I don't know if they have an API. Close is the biggest one I know of other than Salesforce, I'll say. I don't know okay. if they have an API. Um, there are lots of smaller ones like Zoho and there, there's a bunch. But yeah, Salesforce is the giant. I'll figure out Salesforce. Neat. And they have an app store. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Okay, cool. That'd be a, a fun secondary thing to work on. Uh, okay, my loose direction then for this next week is it'd be really cool if I could, as an experiment, this is not high stakes. This is just a project I pulled out of the air. I could have an app on the Salesforce store that would let you send and receive texts and calls, and that's integrated with their API somehow on the on the phones, uh, on the phone number for each record. And if I could accept payment for that thing with Stripe checkout, that seems at the same time overly ambitious and totally doable. <laughs> uh, and... What I'm probably going to end up doing is when my uh, when my Sure SM7B arrives uh, on Thursday, I'm just going to 
dive into that. <laughs> yeah. Fiddling with knobs and it, all sorts of audio processing and everything else. It took me a whole day and a half to get the microphone set up the first time, and it still had a hiss. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> you're not using it now. What's the What's the deal? What's your plan? It has a hiss. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Oh, so you're just not going to use it? Well, <laughs> no, I will go back and try it again, but I just haven't yet. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably do it before next week, because if you have yours, then I'll feel like I need to have mine, so absolutely yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> my so my first so i have uh the, the audio interface and i also have the d dbx uh 86 and my thought is that there is a setting on that which is causing the hiss so my next plan is to mm. remove that just use the cloud lifter with the audio interface to see yeah, yeah. if it's a room noise or if it's that um yeah so i just haven't done that yet but yep maybe yep, yep. i got the the cloud lifter just because that it seemed like the most reasonable next step. Like, yeah. My cart was already like $600 and I, I wasn't about to buy something fancier. Uh, a video that I would like to make is uh, going through the different levels of audio that I have, going from like, this is free, this is the built-in microphone on the MacBook, to this is my Zoom H1, this is how I recorded my first 100 podcast episodes, uh, to the ATX, what is this, ATX something? 2100 uh, USB, ATR 2100 USB, yeah. Yes, uh, that's that's the audio quality from that. To this is the Shure SM7B with the the audio interface, uh, and have the have the room be the same and everything else, and see if I can even tell a difference. <laughs> I think in the videos that I saw on YouTube, the difference was like the hiss is much less in the Shure SM7B with the cloud lifter and, and the audio interface, uh, and the dynamic range is better, and it's um, the the mechanism by which the microphone is working is more robust i don't i don't fully understand that but <laughs> yeah it also has the, the video is going to be mostly for myself if, if nothing else just to justify like okay th this is specifically what i spent that money on yeah uh this is the difference in quality so that i i've wanted to make that exact same video actually <laughs> i i planned out a whole screencasting for devs course uh and that was that was part of it you know like just all the different microphone choices you have and going through those um but the so the shure sm7b the thing it really does is you can get really close to it and it's the proximity effect and so mm. that is what people pay the money for. It's the radio caster voice. Uh, it gives you, gives you that like no other microphone can. Um, so that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to be <laughs> the, re oh, yeah, this is the sweet, the smooth, sound the really deep voice. radio caster voice. See, my, this microphone Absolutely. doesn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week though. We'll be, uh, it'll be great. Uh, cool. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got too. Then I will see you next week. All right. Goodbye. Bye.